From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 162, and today I'm joined by someone who is no stranger to the podcast. It's Canadian writer... Ken Cooper is. You know him from shows such as Hudson and Rex, The Stanley Dynamic, The Listener. The list goes on and on. And we're going to sit down through isolation and watch a film together and yet apart. So we're sitting down to kind of watch together North by Northwest. Uh, I'm here with Ken Cooper's. Hey there. Uh, so you've never seen North by Northwest. No, it's like, um, it's a very rare Hitchcock blind spot for me. I've seen uh, probably 85% of his movies, even like the old stuff that nobody's seen. Yeah. I've managed to track down, but for whatever reason, I think it's because um, I kind of want to see these movies and I've always wanted to have the time to like actually give them a proper viewing, which is something I don't have a lot of time for to you know, really do that that kind of viewing is they've just kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah. But now you have time. Yeah. Now I have time. I have nothing but time. (laughs) Just like the the rest of the world. Because the whole world is on pause. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's true. It's interesting. Um, I've been doing some of that myself is realizing, oh, I can watch a three hour movie in the evening and not worry about it because it's fine. Yeah. And this one in particular for, for Hitchcock is, I don't want to say too much about it because. Yeah. I know very little actually. I I, I know weirdly you know there's a lot of uh, parodies of this movie so i've seen a lot of like moments parodied i'm sure as you watch it it'll be like like the simpsons thing where it's just like oh this, now i know this reference and this reference yeah. and and just this image this i know how this iconic image fits in yeah now uh, I, know, I know two of the set pieces like i know because i've read hitchcock's uh several hitchcock biographies as well like i'm a big fan of his work so um, I do know that there's a big uh, Mount Rushmore sequence and I yep. do know, you know, the crop duster sequence is considered one of the greatest, uh, you know, scenes in, in movie history. So hundred percent as well. Those are the kind of things everyone knows. And then everything else isn't, I mean, you yeah. weren't even hundred percent sure that it was Cary Grant. No, you got me with that one. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I knew it was Cary Grant, but then you like, you know, you said it was uh, uh, James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart. And for, you know, I did. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Did I have this wrong all this time? No, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, and, and it's funny. I think it's actually, without giving anything away, I think it might be my favorite Cary Grant performance. Interesting. Uh, just because I love Cary Grant. I'm a big Cary Grant fan. So, I'm yeah. I just think he's doing things in North by Northwest that you don't typically get him to see him doing. Uh, because it's not that he doesn't have range, but he kind of does what he does. 
Right. You know, when you when you when you hire Cary Grant, you're getting the Cary Grant type. Yes, of course. Uh, so I what mean, is he was, the, he was the every man of his day, right? He was the George Clooney of his day, just like uh, uh, handsome and and square jawed and uh, and um, you know. Uh, although I I think this movie is a little bit maybe towards the uh towards the end of his career he's a little bit older in this one is that right yes yeah yeah but no, i wouldn't say he's he's definitely older yeah he's not like aging out by any means right. yeah i like he's definitely the everyman he's like the george Clooney's a good reference and then like jimmy stewart is like the tom hanks of his era yeah yeah absolutely that's more of a what is your favorite hitchcock well, uh, or some of your you know, favorites. It's got to be it's got to be Psycho, right? Like that movie's just so it just it broke so much ground. It was it, you know, it's such a even though even though it's not scary anymore like uh by today's standards, it is still so smart and so well shot, so well acted, and the twist still has like some heft to it. Uh mm. I, I just don't think, you know, you can really beat that one. But I do like Hitchcock's comedies. I think he's a very talented comedy director. Um, I like the trouble with Harry. Um, I like his last movie, the family plot. Um, you know, he's a funny guy. Like, uh, I've noticed like there's a lot of dark humor in his movies that I really enjoy. Yeah. Well, if, you, if you, I mean, you've read a lot of his biography, so have I, and it's, and, and you know how dark his sense of humor was in yeah. the way he, and just even his flippant attitude. Like, I think, you know, he was famous for some people ask, well, what's your, my motivation? He says, your paycheck. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and, and that kind of stuff and uh and the way he would he would i mean i think we also will, uh i mean i don't know all the details of it because i think so much of it has been hushed hushed and put away but i think you know he wasn't the nicest uh person to actresses no 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 i mean he like you know if this if he was still around today we probably wouldn't be allowed to watch his movies anymore but uh yeah you know, same as chaplin sure. same a, as he was more of a you know he was more of a voyeur voyeur like more of a like um like a watching creepster, right? Like he just, he would obsess about his leading ladies. And I don't know that it, how far it ever went, of course, but like they even did a movie about it, right? They did that movie, the girl a few years ago. Yeah. Um, that kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah. I'm surprised more. I mean, I guess a lot of the people who it would have been affected by are gone. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, yeah, that's it was his, like he was really wasn't he pretty abusive to Tippy Hedren and Yep, that's the main one. That's the big yeah. one on the birds, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. My favorite of his I think Psycho's brilliant and I love it a lot and it's probably a close second, but my absolute favorite of his is Rear Window. Yeah, you know, that's that's the other one. That and even Vertigo, but uh more so Rear Window just because I mean that that apartment building shot alone is like one of the greatest shots of all time. Yeah. I mean, for me, rear window, what's a, cause I just went in expecting nothing from rear window mm-hmm. and just came out totally mesmerized and blown away. And I point to that is, is for anyone making like, especially an indie film going, here's a movie that should in theory on paper be a play. And it is yeah. as cinematic as it gets. Mm-hmm. And if you say you can't make a dynamic movie, in one room, I dare you to watch this and, and say this isn't as cinematic as it gets. I agree. And I think like, I look at that movie and I see Wes Anderson. Like I think, uh, mm. you know, I think probably Wes Anderson, you know, took a lot of his, 
his unique style from from some of those Hitchcock shots. Yeah, and, and for me, he's really inspiring. And it's something I do when I make a movie where I try to think, it's like, what are the rules I want to do in this movie? And he did a lot of that with Rear Window. It was like making make, make a thriller that's gripping and dynamic all in one location. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, with Rope, it was like, let's make a film that looks like it's completely unbroken. Yep. Psycho, it's like, let's make a movie where we kill the hero in the first act. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or the end of the, or the midpoint, wherever it is. You know, just real groundbreaking stuff that I don't Absolutely. think people people think of as much. Yeah, and I would also throw Dial M for Murder in there as well as one of his uh, one of his better movies as far as like tension and like dark comedy as well. Yeah, I got to revisit Vertigo because the first time I saw it, and I haven't revisited it since. I for some reason I didn't like it. And you I, know, and it's I, very it's 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 needlessly confusing is the biggest problem with vertigo. It's very, it's very difficult to understand because um, I can't remember exactly why. I think there's two actresses that are hard to tell apart. And that, yeah, I think that was part of it. Isn't that intentional though? I don't know like, because it's such mm. a confusing movie. The reason I like it so much is just Jimmy Stewart's performance. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of the camera stuff, but it took me two or three views before I even felt like I kind of, really la- understood what was happening. I think that might have been it. I, f- I probably watched it and felt stupid. And I was like, screw yeah. this movie for making me feel dumb. <laughs> so it'd be interesting for you watching North by Northwest because it's not like, in a way, without I don't want to reveal anything, it kind of breaks new ground. Uh, not yeah. necessarily just because of these, these, these two set pieces, but there's something about it that kind of started something that became something else. And I'll, I'll be interested to see if you pick up on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, to it. without further ado, uh, let's jump off. We'll watch and then we will reconvene. Sounds amazing. All right. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So we, on our own, just sort of kind of finished. Uh, it was awesome. I loved it. Right? Yeah. It was terrific. Yeah, I was so. I, I now th- now having rewatched it, I'm like, it's probably it probably bumped Psycho into number three for me. Wow. Like, I just think I look at this, and I mean, I want to get your take on it. So I won't say too much up front, but mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just one of those perfect movies for me, where it's just like it's moving along. Everyone's like making a smart decision at every mm-hmm. turn. There's no dumb characters making bad choices that make things convenient. It's just a film where like things get constantly hard for both sides and everyone's smart. And I yeah. love that when movies do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I had a, I had a few problems with it. Um, mostly just, you know, because it's of a time and I didn't see it a long time ago. So there was a few things about it that I was like, yeah, probably couldn't get away with some of this stuff today, but um overall oh, oh uh, well we'll get into that i'm curious yeah. to know what that is yeah but overall like uh uh fantastic just you know um like you said moves along it's a great little adventure uh a great little uh a great little kind of spy thriller um yeah and the characters are are like they're just so vibrant and fun and of a time when people wore suits and were cool and you know it's just uh, it's actually like an era that I love watching films from like, yeah. uh, 
the 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 powder is snappy. Um, no one is no one is scared when a gun is put in their face. They're just kind of like cool. Annoyed. About it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just I don't know. Everything about it is just like to me. Um, just this, the joy of uh, of uh, that period of filmmaking. Yeah. Did you know that it's considered by some to be the first unofficial James Bond movie? No, I didn't know that at all. No. Just in terms of it being like a spy thriller in a way, there's the whole love interest angle. Yep. Uh, there's cars involved. There's alcohol. That, that alcohol travel. scene. Travel. Yeah. Uh, it's all within America, but travel for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's got that iconic innuendo final shot that you, you... yes yeah <laughs> uh, I, I you know what I, I guess I would agree with that uh, absolutely yeah yeah I mean it's also but it's also like you take that and you add the everyman component too right yeah uh, I love that scene I was most excited to rewatch this because the scene where uh, Cary Grant is just shit faced <laughs> you know what it's extended too but it's it, he does a great job he does a great job of that yeah not since uh not since william powell and the thin man has there been uh such an enjoyable drunk on screen yeah but it's also it's just the concept of like you know get him shit face and what a great obstacle could overcome it's not like he's tied up and just has to get out of it it's like he can't get sober like that he's yeah. stuck with this problem for a while yeah and then I just love the next day when, like, you know, I love actually, you know, I got to admit, like, for a while I thought his mom was going to be along for more of the adventure. And, you know, I would have been okay with that because she's I such a great a character. Great dynamic. Yeah, um, yeah. In fact, you know, it almost, I almost feel like that was a missed opportunity not having his uh, mom along for the ride the rest of the way. Yeah, she was a great character, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. I could use more of her, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So what 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 were your issues with it? Well, I didn't love that. Like maybe the third thing that he says to the woman on the train is how much he wants to make love to her. Mm. You know, like that's always even ten years ago, I would have found that a little abrupt. Yeah, because there was no um, there was no preamble to it. It was like uh, she did him a little favor um, in helping him not get caught by the police. And then he bumps into her again later that night and immediately he, they're talking about getting in bed. And I just found that a little bit um, to me, the first thing I having not seen this before, I went, Oh, she's like an enemy agent. And like, um, although that's not exactly the case, mm-hmm. I think that he should have been thinking along those lines too, because it was all a little bit too packed. It, yeah. it all just kind of fell into place too easily for me. I think you're rubbing up against your microphone. Oh, sorry. Just, uh, just so you know. Uh, yeah, I will say the first time I watched it, I was really, I, I had a very similar um, feeling about that. And I was relieved when we found out that she was in on it. Because it just felt a little too easy. And it was like, ugh. Uh, yeah. So I was really relieved when that twist came. But but yeah, it's a, he's... He's lecherous, and so he. D- what, what, what I do like about Is that, he though, like I don't know, I, I don't know. Not lecherous. She she's in on it. She's inviting it all in, right? It's all yeah, easy. Yeah. But what I like about it is that even if you go down that path and you're like, oh, he's being kind of of that era. Yeah. He's not rewarded for it. Like you find yeah. out that it's like he, you know, he deserves what he gets when she's not, you know, doing it just out of her own, yeah. you know, desires. Sure. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it was a small nitpick for me, but it just like, you know, it was just like, come on, dude, <laughs> you know, you're being, you're wanted for murder, you, you know, like, and the first thing you think of to do is like, you know, is, uh, is just be totally lecherous towards this woman. Yeah, he's awfully casual with her, given that he's wanted for murder. It's true. Yeah. That said, having last year rewatched all the Bond movies, I will say, you know, what what he does in this movie is is, is tame in comparison to what they do in the first Connery movies. I know, I know. It's uh, you, you don't have to tell me that. Um, at least Bond has the um, you know, he has the credibility of being a, a an actual secret Super agent. To, this uh, is fair back it up that said i mean carrie grant does a pretty good job of getting out of some scrapes yeah like i I didn't really understand his motivation totally in like why he didn't just abandon it a little bit like at a few points like it it seemed like he had a few outs and he didn't take them and obviously he couldn't because it's a it's a movie but i thought they could have done a little bit better job just kind of keeping him a little bit more invested earlier that's fair yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't, I had very few complaints. I mean, it was a very tight movie yeah. and, and this is a two and a half hour movie too. Like, uh, yeah, two fifteen, I think two fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Long film and, uh, never felt it, never felt the length. Like it was just no, kind of skipped along beautifully. It was long to be even just like, it's, I love how simple, even the miss, not the misdirection, but like the mistake that sets it all off at the beginning yeah. is just like the name is his hand just happens to go up at the wrong moment. Yeah. And that's all yeah. it takes. Oh, totally. It was like, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and the wrong man genre is one that, uh, you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock obviously loves, you know, he goes back to it a lot, but, um, yeah, I, I love the idea of like the total innocent just being swept up in a, uh, in a international tale of intrigue. It's just, you know, it's not, it's, you don't see too many movies like that anymore. No, and if you did it, if they did it now, it would be they'd go, they'd push the comedy too far. Like this, what's nice about this is, you know, for what it is, it it feels like it's grounded, uh, and it's yeah, it, it's the. I mean, the man uh, who knew too little with Bill Murray was kind of the um, the 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 parody take on it, but yeah, it's uh, it's and yeah, it was you know, it was just fun enough. It had some laughs, but it wasn't. It, it, it kept. It took itself pretty seriously overall. Yeah, I will say there is um, a movie coming out that friends of mine made called The Lovebirds. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, like that. Uh, that's a uh, uh, um, then, uh, Joe Walter, same guy that directed uh, The Big Sick. Yeah, I love. Uh, but, yeah, I love him. But Stella, it was written Stella. written by Aaron Abrams and Brandon Gow, who wrote my film, The Go-Getters. Right. Uh, and so I, I've, I've read many versions of that script and love it. And, and there's a similar quality to that script where it's like two people that get caught up, two very regular people get, get caught up in a shit right. show that they did not intend. Uh, so <laughs> it's of the, so those who are, uh, are listening to this, I think it's come out at this point on VOD. It was supposed to come out on April 3rd in theaters, but uh, all of that has been... Uh, yeah, destroyed obviously, but they're they're embracing VOD, so it's going to be out then. That's great. Uh, yeah, that looks great. I love Michael Showalter. I love his. You know, he's such a funny guy. I wish he was in more. And you know, he's kind of moved behind the camera these days uh, because of his success with um, the Big Sick. But um, you know, I've been following. You know, uh, uh, Wet Hot American Summer is just one of the greatest movies ever made, and 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? What do we think of uh, oh, you, Martin yeah, Landau? What? Oh, Martin I was Landau? just going to say, Martin Landau. Man, he just exudes, like, creepiness, doesn't he? Like, yeah. that young Martin Landau? Wow. He, he decided that his character was gay and in love with James Mason. <laughs> wow. That, can, and that was, and you can see it, man. You can see it there, especially in the end when he like uh, when he's trying to convince his boss that uh, you know he's making a mistake to trust the to trust the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, he's so. It's, it's funny. I always forget that it was it's um, him until I start watching, it and I was like, no, it's not him. And then I have to look it up real quick, and it's like, oh no, of course it is. Yeah, he's very recognizable. I'm a big fan of the old, um, the original Mission Impossible TV series, and he was um, he was in uh, the first couple of seasons. Um, so I kind of am pretty familiar with him of in that look, right? So I, I identify him pretty. I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Wow!" I had no idea he was in this, and he was just so good, so great. Yeah. It's a nice little Easter egg. You're not expecting him in this movie either. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, I really enjoyed the auction scene. That was a lot of fun, uh, how he gets out of that auction, like, without, you know, like, just starts, you know, cracking jokes and, and, and just creating a, creating a scene where they have to call the police. Like, oh, I just, that was so, so funny. Yeah, so and then the subsequent police ride where he's just with, like, these two hapless cops. And he's like, congratulations, you caught a, a, yeah. a giant murderer. And they're like, what? And he's like, he has to show the newspaper. And it's like, yeah, you guys did well. I just, you know, I love his like kind of suave nonchalance about everything. Like even when he gets dragged out there and it's pretty clear that they're going to kill him, he's just like, you know, pretty, you know, outwardly cool about the whole thing as much as you can be. And yeah. I just, you know, and it's so of that era, you know, like uh, uh, it's always your hero is always has that kind of flippant uh, nonchalance, which I love. Yeah, the fact that he's not scared at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do we think of the uh, the crop duster scene? Um, I really liked it. I, you know, I I wasn't sure. I didn't. I almost didn't buy that the crop dusters slammed into the truck because it seemed to have a lot more control during its sweeps than that. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Like, it just seemed weird to me that it wouldn't have seen that truck and been able to pull up. But right. it was an incredible stunt for the for its day, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it, it inspired the helicopter scene that was in From Russia with Love, just to throw back to the James. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, the James Bond sequence. Uh, yeah, it was it's, cool though. I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really smart. Like you know, when he he hides in the corn and he thinks he's safe, and then they just dump the you know the the payload of the uh, crop duster on him and to to smoke him out of there and. Yeah, like or, whatever, really or whatever chemical is in there. Yeah, exactly. He dies a year after this movie, that yeah, character. Yeah, oh, for sure. No question. <laughs> All his hair falls out. For, no, yeah, absolutely. He's dead now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and to your point earlier about the just the, how quickly she seemingly succumbs to his charms, like the thing that's off-putting, not off-putting, but it's like, is very movie-esque is their relationship at the end where suddenly, you know, they decide to get married. Yeah. Yeah. The movie, you know, go ahead. We, we wouldn't do that today for sure. It would just end with, they would still be knocking boots, but we just wouldn't need to get them married. That was, that was just for the American public. I think that was like a, yeah. a production code type thing. You know what? I love the, I love what he did though. I love the shot of like, 
you know, reaching for her to pull her up on the mountain. And then like mm. it cuts to him pulling her up onto the bed in the, uh, in the train booth, like, or in the train car. I thought that was a really great little, uh, it was a little abrupt, but you know, I thought that was a, a pretty nice shot. And then of course the train going into the tunnel to signify, uh, you know what? Now they're married. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, but that was, you know, at points I would forget that it was Hitchcock because it's not a, you know, it's not a thriller really. It's not a suspense. Like it is kind of a, um, it's, it's really just a, like a kind of a wrong man spy movie and it's, it's more fun than anything. So super fun. I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, if some of his other lighter fare were before this, I, I, I can't remember his timeline of stuff. Um, but I know that he mostly did around that time, you know, um, between, between, um, psycho and, and, uh, and these, and these movies, he mostly did some darker thrillers, right? He did, well, uh, Vertigo is just before this, I think. Right. Uh, and it's funny cause he, that one he did do with Jimmy Stewart, uh, mm-hmm. James Stewart. And it's interesting cause he was talking about this movie, this movie a lot during the time. And James Stewart just assumed he was going to cast him in it and wanted the part and like really badly to the point where Hitchcock actually, and he, cause Hitchcock always wanted Cary Grant for it. Yeah. He didn't want to turn down James Stewart and offend him. Mm-hmm. So what he did was Hitchcock waited until um, James Stewart was officially attached to Otto Preminger's <laughs> anatomy of, of a right. murder and then offered him the role with dates that he knew he couldn't do. Right. And so Jim Stewart had to turn him down and then he, then he could go off to Grant with a, a clear conscience of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, there, man. There's a fun story I read at one point where Eva St. Marie in some like interview years later said uh, that Cary Grant charged people 15 cents for autographs off on the set. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> it's like, really, Cary Grant? I feel like you're a bit better than that. Yeah. I guess What's not. the inflation of that? That's like, ni- this is like 1958. Yeah, probably about 25 bucks. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> hey, what did you think of the, uh, I really liked that opening shot of, uh, like, just the credits were pretty wild, like, with the side of the building and the, uh, the reflection and I don't think I'd ever seen like, you know, that um, the letters of like kind of going out the way they did as opposed to just being flat on the screen. Like they uh, even, so right from the get go, that was like something I hadn't really seen a lot of from that era. Unique and stylized. Well, that's just that. I mean, he was such a, uh, like, that's what I'm looking for. Like he, he, Hitchcock always had fun with titles, right? You look at the mm-hmm. titles for psycho yeah, uh, and the way that they're done and, and kind of animated, he you know there wasn't a lot of people doing that kind of stuff, you know, and it's also it's it's not doesn't quite have that Pressburger uh, vibe to it, um, but they're I love that kind of stuff, and I think that's the kind of stuff that later inspired like the the James Bond stuff as well. Like they took it to yeah. a different level and did different things with it, but I think it was another one of those weird inspirations that came out of this movie. Oh, remember we were talking uh, when we did uh, the intro, uh, we talked about how, or at least I said that I felt like Wes Anderson had taken a few flourishes from uh, from Hitchcock. Did you notice the big homage to uh, Hitchcock that uh, 
that Wes Anderson uh, took for one of his movies? Not off the hand. What was it? Um, I'll give you the movie. It was um, it was um, the Darjeeling Limited. Oh, something with a train, I guess. Yeah, well, close, but yeah, I mean, it did have something to it with the train. I, I'm not going to remember. It's, I, it's I didn't. Hitchcock's cameo. Oh, he he misses the bus. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And at the beginning of Darling, uh, Dar, uh, Darjeeling uh, Limited, Bill Murray misses the train. Very nice. I think that's like uh, I think that's like a pure homage as homage of a, as I've ever seen for sure. But he uses Bill Murray. That's hilarious. Yeah. And you're expecting Bill Murray to be in the movie? <laughs> yeah, because like he's there. He is. It starts with Bill Murray, right? The whole movie starts with him in the taxi cab heading for the train, and uh, yeah. you know, and then he's running for the train, and uh, Adrian Brody runs past him and catches the train. And that's Bill funny. Low. I only saw that once. That was kind of a lesser Wes Anderson for me. I think, yeah, I, I disagree. I think it's. Worse. I need to revisit it then. I think for whatever reason, when I saw it, I probably just wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah, I've I've probably watched that more than any of the others besides um, uh, besides uh, Tenenbaums. I love Tenenbaums so much. Um, but I think Darjeeling Limited is absolutely brilliant. I need to rewatch it then. Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't. A different certain reason because I I love most of his stuff. So I, I I'm I was surprised at the time that that one didn't grab me. On I think the first a lot viewing. of people do. Like I I don't think that's um, I don't think that's an unusual. I mean, we're talking about the wrong movie now, but um, I do think you know probably because he 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 has such a strong library that you know it is probably middle tier but for me it's probably my fourth favorite yeah yeah we were the kids were actually just talking about fantastic mr fox at bedtime tonight oh yeah that's a great movie yeah my my daughter was pitching my son on it to revisit it again because she was she loves the book so much yeah she they did a good job with the movie daddy (laughs) it's like thanks (laughs) i'll send Wes a tweet Wow. So that, uh, so just to get back on track, uh, that, that, that was quite a sequence on, uh, on Mount Rushmore. And I'm curious, like, uh, did they, I don't know if you know about this or uh, did they, did they, was that a set? Did they like, did they build all that or, or was it? I think it's a little bit of both. I think part of it's at Rushmore itself and then it's some set work. I'm sure. You know, all this stuff looking down with them. Yeah, there it, was had, it was a massive one. Yeah. He had some money. He, he'd done yeah. some stuff by that point. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of tricks that I didn't see. Like, it's really hard to, to you know, to spot where the set ends and where the, um, you know, the paintings begin sometimes on those old movies. But uh, um, it looked pretty spectacular. It, you know, it looked really good. Yeah, the the effects hold up pretty well. Like I'm watching, I was watching it blowing up on a DVD, and so it doesn't. I do find it's 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 even harder than say if I was watching this on a Blu-ray, I'd probably see the green screen a bit better or yeah. just notice the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't be as clean. But that's yeah. the nice thing. That's why it's almost like for me, it's almost better to watch old movies that have effects like this on DVD because it helps. Yeah create like that film grain illusion yeah where, yeah. where almost the hd ones are, are cleaned up a bit too much mm-hmm. and kind of can sometimes ruin the illusion yeah oh the other thing i wanted to that i that i really liked about it and wanted to bring up was um um just how like how he you know oh how do i word this like his suit 
it was like his suit took so much abuse, but he would always take the time to clean it. <laughs> like, yeah. He would you don't send see it that. to yeah. the hotel clean. Like, I just thought that you don't, you don't really realize how much comfort has been taken away from uh, hotels uh, until you watch a movie like this and realize that like, you know, it was all about customer service. Like, yeah. Um, it was all about you make a phone call, they'll come pick up your suit and clean it for you in 15 minutes, you know, like, or, uh, um, you know, I just, I love that stuff about old movies and, you know, even, or plane rides, they always have like, every flight was a luxury flight, you know, like exactly. all that stuff's so amazing. I love that small detail, that scene when he's shaving with her little razor. With tiny razor, yeah. And the, the guy, guy beside him is just checking out. And, and again, it's another one of those details where it's like when people used to travel by train more, it's like you'd be in the train station shaving yeah. the next morning. Um, it was, yeah, and it was always, it was, it's always so funny in this, in that age of like not having, you know, internet or phones on you and everything that he could move, like he could move around so freely, even though he was like this wanted murderer. You know, it wasn't that hard to get past the police. Like, you know, like. No, it's not enemy of the state. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, where where we have like all these cameras everywhere and you and everyone can see where everyone is. Uh, and that's kind of the joy of it, too. It makes it uh, harder to write a version of this in, in modern times because it is just harder to disappear. Yeah, it takes. But, but, I mean, it's why nobody makes mo- movies like this in modern times. They all they they make them period movies now. Just because, like, it's too hard to do a spy thriller in the uh, in the modern age of internet. Yeah, or you just have to be really smart. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just easier to make them. Period. It's like exactly take away the cell phones and the internet. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I just I love everything about it. James Mason. We like James Mason. He's great, you know. And I wouldn't have known it was James Mason. I'm actually not that well versed in a lot of like. Um, in a lot of the character actors from that period. So mm-hmm. like if you didn't, if I didn't, if I didn't like read the credits and actually whenever I watch a movie, I always go to, you know, uh, Wikipedia or, or internet movie database just to see if I missed anything and to reread the synopsis, make sure I understood everything. Mm-hmm. I do that for every movie I see because I find I miss a ton of stuff. Um, and I, and if I hadn't done that, I probably would never have realized that was James Mason. Oh, interesting. I yeah. think I, I want to, I haven't actually seen Rope. Rope's one of my weird black holes. Um, but I think I read Rope's somewhere great. that there's a, uh, a reference to James Mason, the actor in Rope. Oh. As being a great villain or something. And yeah. uh, so this is the first time Hitchcock casts him. I could be wrong. I, uh, well, I've seen it and I don't remember that, but I it's been years and years since I saw it. That's another great movie though. Yeah. That, that, that was, that could have easily been a stage play. It was basically a couple of guys in a room. Yeah, that one I want to watch just because I'm very curious about how the blocking works for it, given the nature of like the one, t- the full one take. Yeah, it's um, actually I think eight takes, but it, you know it's it's pretty pretty spectacular. Is it eight? I heard I heard or four. Eight cuts. eight cuts. Eight makes more sense because the size of film eggs would have been yeah. only about ten minutes long, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing, hearing four somewhere and that he had special film mags made for the movie, but eight makes more way more sense. I think it was, you know, I think I think it was like eight eight real cuts, but um, there was a couple of invisible cuts that mm. kind of makes it look like four. But um, gotcha. Yeah, I think I read eight was the was the actual number of takes or actual number of cuts. 
Yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know I officially uh, put back in my to to watch list uh, a reviewing of Vertigo to come up. Oh, nice. I might even bring it with me when we go off to the farm to further our isolation next week. Yeah, that's a it's a fun movie. Take high anxiety too. give yourself the uh, uh, great double feature there. Yeah, I'm excited to at some point. I don't think he's quite. Oh, he might be. I'm excited to to take a deep dive in Hitchcock with my son in a couple yeah. of years. I think he'll okay. be because the nice thing is like there's nothing like necessarily dodgy or sure. violent or overly sexual in any of them. But I just think they're a bit more sophisticated uh, in terms of what they are. I think he'll appreciate yeah. them more in a couple of years. And they're like pretty easy to follow. Like the plots, like it's not super complicated. I mean, that's how this, you know, um, is different from a James Bond movie. For me, I always find James Bond plots to be incredibly dense and like, Oh God. And they don't matter at the end. I was on the same way with you. I always found that when I was rewatching them last year, I had to read the synopsis Mm -hmm. halfway through because, because I'm like, what did I miss? What the hell is going on? Oh, it's about this. I'd always forget halfway through what he was trying to stop. Yeah. And I realized, I'm like, oh, it's none of it matters. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. they're matter. very convoluted plots. The James Bond movie. Yeah, and now them. he's in space. Now, yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, it was yeah. This was this was terrific. Um, I mean, I could I could talk about Hitchcock all night for sure. It's you know, it's just amazing that he that you know he he uh, he did so many different genres, but all his movies kind of feel the same. Like they, they feel like the same director. Yeah. Even though you were saying that it's like, this one doesn't, uh, doesn't feel quite as much. You almost forgot that it was Hitchcock at one point. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, for me, it's like, I think it, it falls into that, that it's like his characters are really smart. They're all behaving and doing the, the smartest thing they can do yeah. at that moment, which makes it hard for the other characters. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't let characters off the hook, which is what I really always enjoy with his stuff. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's, and that's definitely present here. Like just all over the place, even like the ending just before the Mount Rushmore stuff, you know, in, and in, in a lot of other movies would feel a bit underwhelming based on the choices they make, but just like those little reveals after reveals that it's like, well, now she, they know that she would did the thing and just all those little nuances and touches they do uh, just to kind of up the stakes in these really small and subtle ways, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you can kind of see like uh, <clears throat> that uh, Hitchcock doesn't really appreciate women all that much in, in like some of his movies in the little touches, uh, like the scene where um, he sneaks from his uh, the hospital window over to the next room and the woman in there is like, uh, he, he comes through her window and she goes, wait, stop. Yeah. And he gives her a look and she goes, wait stop yeah <laughs> it's like what come on get exactly. out of here <laughs> yeah. it was like so bad of oh, its time oh i know a film that's kind of in this vein that's more modern did you see the spy who dumped me yeah i just saw it actually a couple of weeks ago what did you think um i really liked it i thought yeah, it was same fantastic yeah i went in with I very mean, low expectations like yeah i'm i'm like I'm, I'm kind of a soft well number one it has kate mckinnon who um, yeah. who is like probably my favorite uh uh actor right now like just everything she does is gold yeah she's phenomenal yeah um but i thought it was so much fun yeah i i I can't believe you know and the same with 
I can't believe these movies didn't do well. The same with Spy um, that came out a few years ago with Melissa McCarthy. It was amazing. Yeah. Were they not considered well received? I thought, I thought the Spy Dummy well, did okay. Do, they didn't do box office. Neither mm-hmm. of them did terrific box office. I think, um, I think uh, um, Spy did a little bit better. I think it got over the 100 million mark, just you know, kind of snuck over it. But the spy who dumped me totally flopped. Oh, I love that movie so much. Yeah, and again, it was like yeah. it was a comedy that felt like it was as grounded as a movie like that could be. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on? Uh, on do you know what the original working title was? Uh, I feel like I do, but I'm not. I don't. I'll, you tell me. I want. I'm gonna get it. Probably not exactly right but it's something like the man who crawled out of lincoln's nose yeah that's right or it was um they had a they had a bunch it was like or um because the the gag that hitchcock originally wanted was that he was hiding inside the nose and then he sneezed yep. and that's how they found him right so yeah the title was derivative of like lincoln's nose for sure and, and the, he couldn't get like the people in charge of mount rushmore to approve that yeah I think that's hilarious, actually, but yeah. It's a great gag. They would totally let them do it now. Yeah. So this is a, so just like to talk real quick about the genesis of the story, um, I didn't realize that this was like, um, it was based on um, a journalist who, who had come up with, um, uh, with the, the central idea of... Um, of the spy who is mistaken for the wrong person. And um, um, I'm just trying to think. So he wrote like a 20 page treatment or something and it was Mm. not good. Uh, But he ended up selling the rights to Hitchcock for like $30,000 or something like that. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And then he gave it to his screenwriter to take over and, and, uh, and, uh, and go from there. But um I was reading that the original was a little hokier and probably would have been more geared towards something that uh, Jimmy Stewart would have been right for. Ah. Yeah. So um, it's kind of funny that he kind of took that away and made it for, uh, you know, Cary Grant when it was already kind of in the right wheelhouse for, for Jimmy Stewart. I wonder if that, that draft exists anywhere. I've been interested to read that. Yeah. Probably not. I don't even think it was a screenplay, though. I think it was a, he was writing. Oh, just a, a treatment. Oh, yeah. right. Um. Anyways, yeah. Just I thought that was kind of interesting that it was just some journalist had come up with that based on something that he had either experienced or read about in his travels. That's fun. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's cool. Thank you for that tidbit, Ken. Ah, well, <laughs> it's not that exciting, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm out. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I love it. I still love it. I'm, I was really. I haven't watched it in a while, and I think probably the next time I watch it, it'll be with my son. But I really, uh, really I, yeah, enjoyed. I think it's totally. I, you know, I kind of wish I had watched it with Parker too because um, it's it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I wish you know. I wish they would do more big adventure type movies like. I mean, he was the. It was him for a lot of the movie. It was just him. Yeah. You know, it was like. Uh, I did. I did appreciate that. It opened the world opened up a little more once the um, you know once the CIA got involved. But for probably the first at least you know half to two thirds of the movie, it's really him holding everything together. 
Yeah, I love also that one. And then there's that one scene earlier on where they just cut away from him to like the CIA headquarters. Yeah. And they're just like, whew, we like that, huh? And it's like, well, we're going to help this guy out, right? It's like, no. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how long do you think he'll survive? It's like, meh, not our problem. Not our, not our <laughs> problem. Yeah, it's great. Until, you know, until smartly, he makes it their problem by yeah. like just continuing to like just push and get involved. And, and like he could have, you know, the point where he could have walked away was, um, you know, once he realized that the, that, uh, the woman had lied to him, um, he was free and clear. He probably could have like just disappeared or whatever, but he went to that hotel looking for her. Like, you know, he was pissed. yeah, he was. And like, if he, you know, he, that's what I liked about him. He just kind of just kept stumbling back in. He just wouldn't stop. Yeah. I, I could have done, uh, even though I don't think it needed to be any longer, it's like, I wouldn't have minded a couple more CIA scenes of them just like every now and then reading the new headlines. And yeah. Like, Are we going to help him now? It's like, no. Are you kidding? <laughs> what did you think? One more thing. What did you think of like when the guy gets stabbed at the United Nations and he like falls into his arms and he, he grabs the knife? That bothers me. <laughs> what it's are just, you doing? Well, at first he's like trying to ease him down, but it's yeah. just the way it comes. It's just a bit that. that and then he, put, of, he just grabs the handle of the knife and then he pulls it right out. Like that was insane. I will say that's the one moment in this, in the movie that feels a bit too convenient. And yeah. it's like, and, and you know what all it needed? It, it just needed Cary Grant to play that moment a little less coolly and a little more yeah. flummoxed. And then I could have bought like him, like, Oh, stumbling with him and grabbing the knife to hold on. And then realizing but we didn't just, need that. We didn't need that. Cause it was 1950 and they didn't, it, they didn't have like the, the kind of police, you know, I'm sure fingerprinting was a thing of course, but if you're, if you're standing there with a dead body in your arms and a knife a room full back, of people, you're already going to get blamed. Like you don't have to like seeing him with the knife. I guess it was just the immediacy of that photograph that they wanted. But it, I didn't think it was necessary. Yeah, no, you're it, right. It, it did make it a little bit, a little bit cheesy, but yeah, I did. Yeah, I did have a moment when I rewatched this thing, going, "Oh, that could have been." It just, yeah, you did, they didn't have to work so hard. But that was a nice surprise, and you know what? There was a lot of little nice surprises, and that's what I appreciated about Hitchcock. Is there's there wasn't one twist; there was many twists. Like when he said, when he said, you know, you know. The, when we found out that that wasn't his wife and it wasn't him at the house, like I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Like I never would have guessed that, um, you know, that these people had just went to an empty house when the guy was in this, it wasn't the guy was in the UN and just took over his house. Like yeah. that was, that's crazy. And then, yeah. you know, the other one was um, a nice surprise when she came in and, sh- you know, shot him, you know we're savvy today i we knew automatically i'm sure you did too that like it was all a ploy and that you know he wasn't really being shot by her or it was a false gun um but then to use that those blanks later um to like prove to his boss that she was on the wrong side was genius like all that stuff was so well done yeah and and that's almost like Hitchcock doing his version of like the Lubitsch touch, but instead mm-hmm. of doing it with like comedy, he does it with suspense and, and yeah. thrillers. Yeah. He's really good at that. He's really good at like seeding something small and then using it to greater effect later on. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it, it's, it goes back to his famous quote where it's like, there's no drama in, uh, in watching a gun go off. The drama is in showing the gun mm-hmm. and wondering or showing the bomb or whatever it is. Showing it and then waiting for when it's going to come up, go off. 
Yeah, for sure. And there was a couple of very nice scenes of tension built in throughout too, where, where I just kind of went, I kind of got that psycho vibe a little bit at a few points. Yeah. Well, any in particular, as soon as she sees the matchbook and realizes, and she knows that they know and everything is just kind of like rearing its head around. It's, but you know, it, but you know, t- when he threw down the matchbook and she didn't see it and then Lando comes over, like that's exactly what I'm talking about. That tension of like Lando looks down and he sees the matchbook, you know, he bends down, picks it up and then just kind of puts it in the ashtray. He's like, man. Um, and there was another point when he was going to be like, uh, um, I, can't, I can't remember exactly at what point it was, but, um, you know, someone was like, Hey, Hey, Mr. Or whatever. And they're like, you know, you gotta give me, you gotta, you gotta do something or something. You, you thought it was a cop who was going to like arrest him, but he was like, just telling him to move along or something, you know? So those little, those little moments of, Oh, he's busted. And then it's like, you know, immediately kind of, uh, things go his way in that moment. Delightful. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to be learned. Uh, writers writing this kind of movie could could do a lot from studying a script or a movie like this. So this is like um, I I saw the the thirty ninth step mm-hmm. um, years and years ago. I just rewatched really that a couple. I just rewatched that recently. But it's kind of the same idea, right? It's another wrong. It's a couple movie. though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a couple that gets kind this of wasn't, uh, this wasn't derivative of it or it wasn't a remake or anything right that. Like No, it's 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 there's it shares a couple similar things, but it's very different. That one's more thrillery uh and it's a kind of a relationship type movie. Uh it's yeah, it's it's I mean, you could draw some comparisons, but it's I, I for me it would, I would just say it's just it's Hitchcock and that's that. And right. it's, but it's, I wouldn't say it's derivative by any means. So let me ask you this. Have you, have you seen To Catch a Thief? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's the other one that I haven't seen. And, um, you know, now I'm, I really want to see that because I think Hitchcock and Cary Grant make an awesome team. So yeah, and yeah, like Audrey Hepburn as well, right, who I love. Is it Audrey isn't Hepburn? It, isn't it Bergman? You're probably right. Is this another trick? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to look at it. I'll look it up. Real no, you're, quick. you're probably right. I first, I have Audrey Hepburn in my head, but you're probably right. Maybe I'm thinking of charade. I was going to say, what did he do with Hepburn? That I'm trying to remember. I don't know if I've seen charade. Charade might be one of my black holes. Oh, Oh no. It's Grace yeah. Kelly. Grace Kelly. Yeah. We're both wrong. Okay. She's like mm-hmm. the right in between those two. Yeah. I knew it was one of the blondes. <laughs> yeah. Charade is, um, I wonder if that, is it? Is that the one they did together? I don't think I've seen Charade. I think Charade's one of my black holes, too. And they remade that, right, with Will Smith or something? Did they? Or no? Yeah, they remade Charade. They called it something else. The Truth oh. of Charlie or something like that. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah, there's a couple I still have to go back and uh, and discover. But I've seen quite a bit. Like, I, I, I picked up a big DVD box set when I was in film school and, and went through them all. So the, but there's still a couple outliers that I haven't filled the holes in, but I've, I've got a pretty good uh, grasp on the Hitchcock filmography. It's great stuff. Yeah. So charade is Audrey Hepburn and, uh, and uh, Cary Grant. Yeah. I know, I know the poster. I have that like in my head, like that red circle, yeah. swirly thing. But yeah. That's, that's all, literally all I know about the movie. 
is great. Although I haven't, that's another one I haven't seen probably in 20 years, but it's, it's like, it should have been Hitchcock, very twisty and like, uh, um, really fun, kind of the same era. I think it kind of has a lot of the same vibes. In fact, it's not Hitchcock charade. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't see it. Ken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it could have easily been though. Interesting. Maybe I thought it. Well, for some reason, I thought it was. Huh? Well, you know what? I mean, I, I'm maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe it is. Here, let me look. I don't think so, though. Stanley Donan. Oh, he's good. Yep. He did some stuff. Well, Walter Matthau's in it too. I don't even remember that. Uh, have we talked about this? Have you seen um, Hopscotch? Yes, love it. Hopscotch is is very similar to this, although he is a legit spy. Yeah, and and but but he's not the one for murder. He's just fucking with his agency. Yeah. So for those, I don't want to spoil it. So for those who are listening to this who have not seen it, Hopscotch is it's on the Criterion uh, Channel. You can you can get it with a subscription. It is phenomenal. Really good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Movie. And on that note. Uh, thanks so much for making time amidst your isolation. Oh, well, what else are we going to be doing? It's true. I got to cut. I got. I'm going to have no black holes by the time this is over. I'm going to have seen everything. It's true. We're, I'm just going to be catching up nonstop. Yeah, I'm going to have three years of episodes banked. <laughs> Perfect. All right, brother. Well, I'm sure we'll do another one of these before it's all over. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for making the time. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks for joining us for North by Northwest. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.